Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You follow the baseball, Joe. Who are the couple best teams in baseball? You know, I haven't been following in as much this year. Oh, swing I'm, I'm falling behind. Oddly uh, enough, will... a swing and a miss. Yeah, honestly, I will tell you that the uh, the Dodgers-Padres battle in the NL West is going to be epic. Uh, both are great teams, exciting teams, fun teams to watch. And, and uh, you know, I'll be following that. And you follow the basketball, Sean. Who are the couple best teams in the NBA? Uh, Suns are really good. Lakers are good, but they're injured right now. If they're healthy, the Nets, another, uh, oh, yeah. if they're healthy, they're going to be very gotcha. hard, fun to watch. Yeah. Well, okay. Phoenix has not been uh, in the top tier for quite some time. No, no really. Oh, that's right. The NBA is dead to me. I'm with, sorry. Uh, with, with Nash and Barkley and yeah. That's right. Thunder still Dan, there. Marley. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. What do we, what do we, I got all sorts of stuff to squeeze in. Uh, an update on the BLM co-founder spending money like the multimillionaire that she is, and why shouldn't she? Uh, <laughs> the only problem I have is people giving money to fake Marxists who are trying to ruin the country and hate the country. Uh, so we were talking earlier about whether there's hope uh, for uh, I guess the question was whether the divisions in America and how we're all at each other's throats, if they'll get worse before they get better or if they'll get worse, period, and just stay worse. And there have been a couple just of good signs. Just stay worse. That's terrible. There are a couple of good signs, uh, some iffy f- signs. We have an update on the L.A. cop who wrote the letter to LeBron James. Um, Dear and- LeBron, would you sign a shoe for me? Nope. That's nope. not what it is. That was not the topic. Uh, we are on, we need to have a pool. How long does Kathleen Kingsbury last in her job? She is the newish editor of the opinion page of the New York Times. Oversees the editorial board, the opinion section. Uh, which is a, a job with a target on your back because your own woke newsroom is going to come for you. God, uh, I would love to be able to be a fly in the wall or maybe be Ant-Man. I'd love to be Ant-Man. And uh, follow her around and, like, see the emails she gets and the meetings she goes to, the texts she gets from friends. I would love The challenges that. she has yeah. to fend off. That'd be fascinating. You have the ability to go to the quantum realm, and that's what you're choosing to do with your powers? <laughs> it's a fair point. <laughs> it is. So uh, she starts off this opinion piece, and I'll explain, obviously, in a second or two, why we're on death watch for her for the end of her career. Because she said something so disgusting so outrageous, so hate-filled. I can't believe it was published in the paper. Sarcasm alert, sarcasm alert. Anyway, um, she starts out, this. Uh, the, the point of the, the piece is that they are no longer going to call the op-ed page the op-ed page. Really? And I was like... For real? What? Why? Yeah, that's correct. They're changing the name. And the and, New York Times, the most important newspaper in the world. Right, they're ending the op-ed, op-ed page. And I thought this was some ground-shaking development. It was so named because it appeared opposite the editorial page, physically, in the newspaper. And not as many believe because it would offer views contrary to the paper. I always thought it was opinions and editorials. That's what I thought the op was for, opinion. No, it was opposite the uh, editorial page, physically in the newspaper. 
So they're changing <laughs> the name. I don't know why. Why don't they just leave it alone? Yay! But <laughs> so, but she writes in the founders were putting out a welcome mat for ideas and arguments from many points on the political, social, and cultural spectrum from outside the walls of the Times. It started in September 1970. By the way, the op-ed page. Um, they didn't have one before that. Oh, it's no. wild. No, it's it's outside editorials. Now they're going to make the groundbreaking change of calling it guest essays. Okay. All right, whatever. But then she gets to the career suicide. A couple of quotes. The impulses that made op-ed successful from the get-go are still in play. One is the alluring of clashing opinions well expressed. The allure of clashing opinions well expressed. Then she quotes a couple of her predecessors. Um, Nothing is more interesting than opinion when opinion is interesting. (laughs) All right. But here's the dangerous one, Jack. Here's the grenade. Here's you know, the You know what? Yes? Nothing is less interesting than opinion when it's not interesting. True indeed. But she quotes John B. Oaks, a long ago predecessor who drove the creation of op ed, and he said, quote, and folks, this is some serious hate speech. If you have children listening, clap your hands over their tender ears. She said Diversity of opinion is the lifeblood of democracy. Actually, the gent did. He's quoting her. The minute we begin to insist that everyone think the same way we think, our democratic way of life is in danger. This gal just planted a serious flag in the middle of the editorial uh, room of the New York Times. Good for her. That groupthink is dangerous and ugly. I'm hoping that she didn't do that without the backing of the higher ups who said, yeah, we'll stand with you. We'll protect you. We need to we need to establish that we allow different opinions on this page. I, I hope we will. That's what's we going will on. absolutely stand with you unless the woke snowflakes get really mad and post mean things on social media and like go after our sponsors. Then we'll fire you in a second. Or what was that? Groucho Marx joke. Don't leave in a huff. Wait a second. Leave in a suck- second in a huff. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, we'll have to, That's why we're on the death watch. This woman has chucked a grenade into the snowflake pen of the New York Times. But I appreciate her courage. Kathleen Kingsbury, you and I probably agree on virtually nothing, but I salute you. I certainly agree with you on that. Very quickly, because I mentioned it a couple of times, uh, BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors, the world's worst Marxist, although the world's <laughs> stupidest corporations threw zillions of dollars at her. Um, she was making $20,000 a, a month, 20000 a month, serving as uh, chairwoman of Reform LA Jails, okay? Well, they used a, a big chunk of their financing for these long, luxury Malibu beach resort quote-unquote meetings. This place, the rooms start at $600 a night, and they would have long planning conferences there at the beach on paddle boards and that sort of thing. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. It's a 200-acre resort right on the beach in Malibu. I do believe in Marxism. Yeah, great. Well, you know what? If you can sucker people into making you rich, I suppose I only admire it. The fact that you're trying to tear down all that is good and holy in the country is at least mildly vexing to me. But I kind of admire your grift. It's very skillful. By the way, Joe used the phrase last hour, never ending parade of stupid. Somebody texted, that is the name of my new pop folk fusion boy band. We change out one band member after every three performances. 
Wow. I like that. Keeps it fresh. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like ending parade of stupid. It's like oh. Jack Welch at uh, GE firing the bottom 10% of performers every yeah. year. So like the it. president of the United States is addressing both houses of Congress tonight. This is normally what they call the State of the Union address. For some reason, they don't. Your first one, but. Well, he's addressing one-eighth of them because of COVID rules. What he's addressing is the future of America. I usually don't watch these because they're a laundry list of wishes that will never come true. But Joe Biden has decided, you know what? I'm going to take that laundry list that we Democrats have wanted to get through all these years, and we're going to freaking do it. And he has done a lot of it already, and he's going to roll out another big one tonight, $2 trillion of changing America to something different. Maybe you think it's a good idea. I think it's a horrible idea, practically everything they're proposing. It will get through, by the way, most likely, because they got the 50 senators and they got the House. I just saw Mitch McConnell up there um, saying something about he campaigned as a moderate and is not doing that. He doesn't care. I wouldn't care either. <laughs> What's what sort of defense is that? That the hot... this is the way I'm going to stop the running back who just runs for ten yards every time he talks about. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you didn't do that. <laughs> I mean that's that's the that's the effort the Republicans put up against what the Democrats are doing. They're going to transform the country in a way that it maybe has never happened in our nation's history, and you're going to feel good about it if you take the House back in 24. whoop de doo 22. Right. right. Hey, uh, Michael, get our favorite Ricky Gervais clip ready, would you? Do you have that handy? Do you? Give me a thumbs up. There we go. Okay. So, uh, a conservative America. Our Ronald Reagan these days is Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Kill me. Kill me. I mean, there's not a lot you can do when they've got the numbers, but come on. Explain to America why this stuff is terrible. God, this punditry about the Republicans are going to take the House back if they if they if the Democrats continue to lean if left. they overreach. Who cares if, if they overreach and get it into law? They won. They've won. The game is over. Don't you understand that? Yeah, Taking, they overreached right into the safe and grabbed all the cash. I've Bingo. S- I've seen this movie before. Oh, Obamacare. They're going to lose the House. Yeah. After they got Obamacare through, they lost the House. And Obamacare is still there, by the way. All these years later and never went away. Damn it. Big freaking deal. Tim Scott tonight. Will he be vaulted to fame or peter out like Bobby Jindal? He's given the response. I'm really looking forward to that. I've never heard him be bad. No, he's a very interesting fellow. Very bright. Republicans have got to start messaging around this package that Biden's going to talk about tonight and, and explain to America why it's a bad idea. And I don't hear anybody doing that. Not effectively, or they can't get any air. Nah, Who's gonna air it? I, I, don't buy, I don't buy that excuse anymore. You better. I see these people. That's on, true. I see these people on the Sunday talk shows. I see them on Fox, and they got uh, yeah. nothing to say. That's true. They're just true. weak, or they 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 pick the wrong issues. Yeah, wet noodles uh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, kill me. Well, it's not kill mad. Me. It's not mad. It's sad. I'm depressed because I think this is bad for the country. Oh yeah. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, we'll let you know a little bit of what's in the proposal that he's going to lay out tonight. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Shinkotig Island in Virginia has canceled its annual pony swim 
for the second year in a row due to the coronavirus pandemic. They checked all the participants for symptoms, and one of them was a little horse. <laughs> little horse. Did you hear that, Ed? They checked, uh, they checked the ponies. <laughs> a little horse. Good one, sir. <laughs> yes. So uh, Joe Biden tonight addressing the nation and rolling out his new program. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, first, this from the Wall Street Journal, Biden's post-Trump honeymoon. This is from the editorial board. When President Biden addresses Congress tonight, he won't salute his predecessor, but he should. Donald Trump's raucous presidency has let the Democrats sell a radical agenda in the soothing tones of a return to normal. That's pretty good. That's a really good point. Yeah, yep. and it's yep. it's just the idea that half the country is relieved to have a president that isn't brawling on TV in their living rooms. So the fact that he's just calm, the country's just like, okay, good, he's calm. And, and, and he talks very softly and not recognizing that he's doing some of the wildest stuff we've ever done in the history of this nation in terms of remaking the country. Yeah. Bad grandpa's radically restructuring our relationship with the government in the tones of reading us a bedtime story. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. So nobody's paying much attention. I'll just Wake read, up. Thank you. I'll just read a little bit of the uh, Wall Street Journal as they talk about how he campaigned as he was going to be a moderate, you know, and a bridge to another presidency or something like that. The striking fact of his first three months is that he has done the opposite of what he campaigned on. He has sought to govern from the left, pressing the most basic the most progressive domestic agenda in decades with the narrowest Democratic majorities in Congress. He's governed like Bernie Sanders in a hurry, despite a 36-year Senate career with no notable causes or ideas. No less than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said Mr. Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. Yeah, I heard her say that the other day. When she says that, you know he's getting a lot done. Yeah, hey, Sean, play clip 40 for us, would you? I want to hear what she says. I do think that um, the Biden administration and President Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. Uh, you know, I'll be frank, I think a lot of us expected a much more conservative administration. Um, and I think that his not only what has ultimately come out, but the active invitation and willingness and collaboration uh, with progressives in his first 100 days, um, or almost 100 days, uh, has been very impressive. You know, when people were yelling that Biden's going to be run by the left wing, he's, he's uh, just a cover for AOC to get in the White House. I thought, all right, that's elections, that's politics. No, it turns out that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Old moderate Joe Biden. And I love that line because it's true. He never had a discernible, like, cause or... He just—he was just a nice enough fella. He was a senator for a long time. Yeah, and uh, the moment in his party is calling for this, so he's doing it because he's got the numbers. I like the whole Bernie Sanders in a hurry. These columns in the Wall Street Journal have parsed his lurch to the left in detail, but the highlights make the point: the largest tax increase since 1968, a spending blowout unseen since the 60s. Bias toward big labor unseen since 1935. A de facto guaranteed universal income through credits and subsidies that is untethered to work. He's using climate change and race as bludgeons to put government in charge of more of the economy and American life. Uh, all that is true. And he's yeah, going to talk more about it tonight. Yeah, good. <laughs> this is, this is Bernie. yeah good. Bernard Sanders. 
And I Bernard get it. Sanders. I get it. If I'm on that side, I say, yeah, go, 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 go. Do it, do it, do it. Do it now while we can. And uh, get it into law. Yeah, it'll so, cost us the house. So what? Yeah, so what? So what is exactly right? God dang it. If I hear any glee <laughs> from Republicans after all this passes, we took back the house. Yay. Whoopee. My taxes are locked in to be higher for the rest of my life because all this stuff has to be paid for. Hey, and when you get the house back, I hope you're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. Or repeal and replace the new family, whatever the hell act they're calling it. None of this could happen if they'd have won one of those Georgia Senate seats. <laughs> Correct. Just one no, of them. None of this would be on the table. Isn't that amazing? Uh, the Biden administration revealed a $1.8 trillion spent per spending proposal they're calling the America Families Plan. Now, in case you're not Who listening could be closer, that? this is different from the $2 trillion infrastructure plan from a couple of weeks ago. This is the American Families Plan, which is about $2 trillion. And there's all kinds of different stuff in there. Um, I'll just run through some of it. Child care. They've set aside a quarter of a trillion dollars to give uh, child care to poor people, greatly subsidize it for middle-income people, and then that will grow over time because that's the way these programs all, all work. For birth to age five. So until you get into kindergarten, child care provided by the government. All of it if you're poor and a whole bunch of it if you're middle class. Provided by your fellow taxpayer. Right. Yep. And Take just, their money, spend it. And then on the other end of it, on the cradle to grave, they're going to add a couple of free years of community college on the other end. So the government will have you taken care of from birth till about 20 at least so far. Coming up, an update on the L.A. cop who wrote to LeBron James. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to call him irrational because if I wasn't a police officer and all I saw 24-7 on social media and on the radio was that the police are out to get black people, police hate people of color, and they're repeating that over and over and over again, I'd probably feel the same way. So I was LeBron James before I became a police officer. That's L.A. police officer Dion Joseph who wrote a letter to LeBron James, got a fair amount of attention. Uh, he was on Hannity last night. He has more comments. Here's your update. LeBron is not written back. I have no idea how easy it is to get a message to LeBron James. Oh, he I had have, to hear about that. Uh, well, you would think he did. He's got to yeah. have uh, public relations managers type people that want to know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. He has a social media team of some sort. So he wouldn't I mean, be surprised if he is ever answering questions or something. Right, but he has not responded in any way to Officer uh, Joseph, who went on in clip 81 to make some damn solid points about LeBron pontificating. You know, and the reason why I wrote this letter is because, you know, that officer could have been me. I'm thinking of four times in my career where I almost had to use deadly force on somebody, and I didn't sleep for two days. And one of those instances, you know, uh, if... I was this close to shooting a young man and to save other people while I'm going home off duty. And that would have been said about me without him knowing who I am, my heart, knowing that every morning I wake up praying that I never, 
ever have to take a life of another hum human being, not knowing all the outreach and work that I've done and other officers to try to help get homeless people into housing and off the street and protect women from domestic violence and mentor children on top of trying to enforce laws to keep drug dealers away from drug programs so these people can have a fighting chance. But all that would have been went away if that was me involved in that shooting. And of course, because he has a position of power, he has influence, and I'm just a low-level blue-collar guy, 50 million people probably would have believed that I was the worst human being on the planet for making a decision that I no cop wants to make uh, in situations like that. So See, that's the primary reason why I penned it. You know, I think that's an excellent point, that if you, for instance, are a cop that shows up to a scene where somebody's trying to hack other people with a knife, and in the midst of this incredible chaos, you assess the situation, you stop any mayhem from happening, and though you had to fire your gun, you only hit the perpetrator. I mean, that's amazing. And that cop, as uh, Officer Joseph was making the point, might similarly have mentored many kids, volunteered many hours, spent all, all that goes away if LeBron says, bad, bad person. And LeBron needs to wield that power more carefully. I agree. I agree completely. How about him just talking about what it's like to think he might have to shoot somebody? Mm -hmm. And not being able to sleep for a couple of days over that, let alone actually shooting somebody. Yeah. But, you know, but the point, obviously, and it, uh, I hate to even have to make it or to feel like I have to make it. Bad cops are bad. And we need to get rid of them. We need to root them out. We need to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. I love the body camera stuff. That's uh, that's that's very helpful. But we cannot have basketball stars demonizing cops, knowing nothing about it in front of 50 million people and uh, hundreds of millions uh, when it hits the echo chamber. Hey, by the way, on this topic, um, the story from Alameda, California, I believe a guy just died. Um, body camera, body camera footage was released. Uh, yesterday, of a 26-year-old man who died in police custody after officers in Alameda County, California, pinned him face down on the ground for five minutes. I hadn't heard about this at all. The footage from the Alameda Police Department shows the man, Mario Aranales Gonzalez, becoming unresponsive while in handcuffs and police officers quickly beginning chest compressions. Well, okay, that's, that's all the difference in the world. Um, although holding him face down for five minutes, we'll just have to see, I guess. Um, Hispanic lives matter, too. Yeah, I, as always, have no <clears throat> response to things in the early days just because what's the point? Right. You know, that shooting in uh, North Carolina, they were serving the warrant on the guy. They shot him several times in the back while he was driving away, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the, uh, I think it was the sheriff who said, yeah, the car actually contacted a couple of the deputies uh, before they open fire he tried to back out then turn around and go but that that's not useful information i need to know a lot more about that i mean contacted like was trying to run them down or or they were like next to it and you were leaning against it, it when it started them. to move yeah yeah i yeah that's not all that helpful so let's let the facts come out let's support the good cops let's get rid of the bad cops and let's not have sports stars making grand pronouncements that appear to call for vengeance or just accountability uh, without knowing any of the facts. So we threw out the, day early, uh, the idea earlier in the show of having NFTs of some of our segments of the show because people are making money off these things. I don't or at quite, least our tweets. I don't quite get it. 
Um, are there segments of the show that we could give you an NFT of? You have the only NFT of this, even though it exists. I could listen to whatever I want. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, apparently. Uh, some suggestions, things people would be willing to pay for. Somebody said, I'd pay $1,000 for Jack explaining Bitcoin the first time. Yes. That would honestly be a great first NFT because NFT is blockchain related. Big. <laughs> Having you explain blockchain on that in a horrible way. So good. I think this is that this is the clubhouse leader for, for what should be the first <laughs> and moment. That, was when Bit- that guy offered a, a grand 1100 right here. And that, right was, here. <laughs> and that was when Bitcoin first came on the scene and nobody really knew what it was. And I couldn't explain it any better now than I could then, to be honest with you. Can I get an NFT of Marshall herniating himself doing push-ups? <laughs> uh, I want the Doris Roberts bit. That uh, really goes back. We interviewed Ugh. Doris Roberts for some reason. It did not go well. Um, I would like a, a big NFT would be Adam Carolla peeing during your interview. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. A little, uh, you know, uh, bringing worlds together. Word, worlds are colliding here, Jerry. How about the first time you ever gonged Sean? What happened to the Sean gong? I don't know. We, where, where did we that go? We have a gong and a mallet, and if Sean talked too long, we'd hit the gong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't even know. Oh no, it's over. It's over. Uh, back on the wall. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Dusty okay. with misuse. That's for sure. <clears throat> it's over there. <laughs> and we got to put it back right there. When they put these big plastic panels in front of us for uh, COVID, they had to move the gong. All right, Sean. Let's practice. Why uh, do you think NFTs are here to stay? Well, it's the really going forward with digital artwork, and as. Children have grown up playing games and experiencing di- being digital natives. Digital- yeah, all right, that's plenty of that. The Sean gong. <laughs> yeah, actually, Sean uh, and I could go longer than anybody wants to hear about Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, absolutely. Uh, are, is, uh, are you all caught up, or are you still have? No, episode? I think I think an episode or two behind. So, but you, I, I, wait a I get, I get to get some up. sort of comic book movie air horn over here. This is <laughs> so you've been introduced to Valentina Allegra de, de Fontaine. That's uh, Julia yeah. Louis Dreyfus. This character. is yeah. the most. This is the least punching, most complicated plot conversation superhero movie you've ever seen. I mean, if that it's, it's pretty light on the punching. It's yeah, it's. I'm surprised my son's sticking with it, actually. It's way more of like watching a uh, John Le Carre movie, it seems to me, than watching a superhero movie. But you got to have superheroes to get lunkheads to watch it. I guess, because it's trying to figure out who's on the right side of this and who's a spy and who's a double agent and just all these different sorts of things. It's, it's There's double crosses, triple crosses. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> but then they throw in a little Captain America, too. Captain America, this is a spoiler alert if you don't want to know this. Um, most of you are never going to watch this. So, but if you don't want to know this, tune not right now, because Joe will be interested in this. The new Captain America lost it and beat a guy to death with his shield in a bloody fashion. <laughs> oh, and that was what? quite the psychological. That's why this is such an Barbaric. interesting show. I mean, it's just it's got some some serious interesting stuff in it. And he just he loses it and he takes his shield and just oh, it's gruesome. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It's a, a darker a, take on Captain America. A guy who didn't have it coming at all, and now Captain America's trying to figure out who he is, and everybody's trying to figure out what's, what's yeah, up and Captain America. Yeah, so he, people were cell phone oh, filming yeah, him doing that, so yeah. now it's oh, oh no. Yeah. It's got kind of, kind of a, you know, cop shooting thing aspect to it there. Erg. Of, uh, yeah, well, the guy had it coming. No, he didn't. I saw it. He didn't do anything, you know, that sort of thing. And it's, you should read Watchmen, one of the great graphic novels ever written. 
It's terrific. It's one of the best things full stop I've ever written. Really? I love The Watchmen. The original novel did, is did, great. Did you say read or written? Did you just claim to have written Sean Watchmen? That I have ever read, read that was written by someone else. <laughs> um, it, it's a series or a book or a, what is it? And it's comic book? It's, well, it's a graphic yeah. novel. So it's a it's essentially multiple comic books stapled Am together Am I going to need book. my binky for this comic book, Joe? This is so you're just so talking serious. about some idiot superhero movie for the last, seems like an hour. You child. <laughs> It's literature. Seems like an hour. <laughs> Jeez, where's my air horn? Where's my comic book air horn? But one thing, so I saw this tweet up there from one reviewer said, is Falcon and Winter Soldier as smart as it thinks it is? And I would say no is the answer. They're trying to be like deep and complicated, like Russian spy movie. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just not holding together quite, mm. quite as thoroughly as I think they think it is. <laughs> Just got honk, honk. What's that? That's my air horn. <laughs> the superhero air horn. <laughs> all right. Maybe we need counseling. Captain America. Let's all is, go together. Captain America is Kurt Russell's son in the movie. Is is actually Kurt Russell's son, which I didn't even know he had a son who acted. Um, uh, we got to finish strong. I am going to watch the president's speech tonight because he's about to lay out a change the world forever spending package. And I would like to hear what he says. You're saying there's hardly going to be anybody in the crowd to clap or not clap. Which, right. Which is actually which may be good. intentional. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Decent point there. Yeah. Chosen few to nod their heads worshipfully. All the Republicans in Joe Manchin not clapping for some of that stuff would have uh, tongues wagging. <laughs> um, but we will finish strong next. For the productive segment, wasn't it? Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Couple of tidbits for you. Citizen Kane lost its perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. It had a perfect score. Among critics or among viewers? Maybe only pretentious people watch it, so they give it a high rating. Anyway, so Paddington 2 is the new greatest film of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I've heard it's lovely. <laughs> How could it be bad? I did see a funny thing where Mank, the movie about Citizen Kane, won two Oscars, and Citizen Kane has won. I thought that was kind so of a... clearly yeah. a better movie. Yeah. Um... And then this take from somebody, uh, which I thought was funny, a guy named Josh Barrow, about masking. If you want to keep routinely wearing a mask outside after you've been vaccinated, I think you're being overly cautious. But it's your face we're talking about here. And if you want to keep wearing a mask on the sidewalk, that's your business. That's the attitude everyone should take. If we can walk past people wearing cargo shorts or crop tops on the street without our heads exploding, we can also tolerate some <laughs> unnecessary masks. Cargo shorts always take take a beating for yeah. some reason. But that's a story. They're so handy. But that reminds me. I saw this earlier in the day. Crocs sales soared sixty four percent year to year, March to March. Around the world, their global sales up sixty four percent. Nice. As people prioritized comfort amid the pandemic over uh, comfort over dignity. Yes. <laughs> what is what is the what is the thing about Crocs? It's a uh, the worst part about Crocs is, I don't oh, know. oh, I know what it is. It's the the holes are for your dignity to leak through. That's what it is. 
<laughs> Tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll accept no criticism of cargo shorts. You got your wallet there. You got your keys there. You got your phone over there. You got a little whatever is over there. You got all your cargo there for some reason. You got I'll, all I'll, your cargo. I'll tell you the one I've never understood bashing, and it's making a comeback because we have a lot of college kids that come out to our farm, farm so I have some idea what college kids are into, mm-hmm. is I never understood why fanny packs were mocked so much. So damned handy. So handy, the fanny pack, especially for dudes because you don't have a purse. And it's, right? and it's easier to keep, you know, in control of myself. If I got my money, my keys, you know, you know, some aspirin, whatever I got in there. So handy. I've never understood why they're so mocked. I just I think the, the person who popularized them, the, the people were overweight tourists. I it's guess. Just, and now I can finally wear my painted on jeans without having bulky pockets. Yeah. I'm shoving all yes. my keys yeah. in there. Yeah. So or you ladies, could just don or don some shorts that are capable of transporting cargo. So fanny packs are apparently okay again for college kids, although they wear them in front instead of in back. Um, but uh, so it's a groin pack. It's time to rename well, them the, groin the, packs. The pack in the back seemed way too easy for uh, yeah. for for shenanigans. I always wore it in the front. Yeah. Well, when I went on vacations, like when I was going on big vacations in Mexico, Europe, sort of stuff, I always wore a fanny pack. It's so handy. I sling it over my shoulder like it's a championship belt. <laughs> I've not donned a pair of Crocs though, so I can't speak mm. to their comfort. When I took big vacations, I was always uh, I was fond of suitcasing my valuables. <laughs> a little trick I learned in prison. Have your feet ever been encumbered by a Croc? I almost bought some Crocs once. I came very close. I was standing there in the Croc store. I liked the look. I liked the feel. So you tried them on though. I've never I had did. my foot on one. So oh yeah, very comfy. Yeah, Whoa. really, really quite nice. Hmm. Why? Why are they comfortable? I don't know. Why is anything comfortable? Why aren't all shoes like that, then? If they're so I don't know. I don't because know. Have you seen them? Aside from the holes for your dignity to leak out. Somebody needs to yell at the Chinese slaves. Get them to uh, do better work, apparently. I bought two pairs of running shoes. Same manufacturer, same size, same style. One pair, great. The other pair, kill my feet. <laughs> I still wear them, though, because I'm cheap. What brand? I'm not saying. Why not? I, you they know what I said product. a couple weeks ago? Isn't they're Nike. Okay. Um, no. d- is they the, fit completely differently. Is the most famous person to uh, be involved in a croc story, Brett Favre? I believe so. Scanning my memory banks Didn't for Tom uh, Brady have crocs at some point. No, he was he did yeah 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 men Uggs for men. My friend Brian has Chewcrocas that they're crocs that look like Chewbacca. I'll yeah. allow it. <laughs> I like the. Uh, <laughs> I like the camel crocs. It makes it seem like, you know, I'm kind of do something manly and difficult here with these crocs. And they're way different than if they were yellow. I'm going to go take my eight inch buck knife and hunt bear in my crocs. (laughs) Hi, uh, this is Corn Pop. When I'm not trying to get my razor rusty in a rain barrel, I listen to Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Yep, old Rain Barrel Man giving a speech tonight. Here's Thanks, your host. CP. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody on the crew? He presses buttons in the control room. It's our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? You know the question I'm wondering as we go along here? Which national retailer will be the first to say, all right, you don't have to wear a mask in our store? That's a good one. Because somebody's got to you know, be the first, and then I think everybody else will follow. Maybe Walmart. It'd be one that like, you know, caters to a certain crowd where it's going to help their business as opposed to hurt it. Yeah, I like the idea. Positive Sean's our producer. Sean, a final thought? 
Yeah, happy to announce I zeroed out one of my credit cards this week, and that feels great. Yeah, that's a good thing. One down, one to go. Yeah, and I, 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 I did that at one point when I had a credit card problem and have never looked back. Oh, that's great. It's good advice. Jack, a final thought? Yeah, I'll be paying attention to the president's speech tonight and paying more attention to how good a job the Republicans can do to mount any defense against these giant spending packages and changing America. Is there any pushback at all? Or maybe just nobody cares about spending money anymore. My final thought is naked self-promotion. We have an idea for an A&G t-shirt that is going to fly off the shelves. You're going to want one. You're going to need one. You're going to love it. You're going to buy it for your friends. We're going to talk about it during the One More Thing podcast in just a couple of minutes, which you can download later today at armstrongandgetty.com. You wear this new Armstrong and Getty t-shirt with some cargo shorts, a fanny pack, and Crocs. Oh, yeah. You're going to be getting lots of uh, the the whatever brand of sex you want. Oh, please. Men, women, non-specific, whatever you're looking for. Exactly. Yes. Slide right out of those Crocs. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Seems like they get so sweaty. Baby, leave your Crocs on. Do you wear socks? Oh, jeez. I'm not sure I can do that. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Yeah, if you go to armstrongandgetty.com, you're going to see hot links. That's where all the articles and videos and stuff we talked about can be found, plus stuff we didn't even get to. They're always interesting clicks. You can get A&G swag at armstrongandgetty.com. Helps keep the guys on the payroll. Uh, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. People generally wear socks. Socks with Crocs or go barefooted? Uh, it depends on the user. See you tomorrow. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. You, you, you. Damn. Yay. She is trans, rested, and ready. But at times, there are ramifications. My point was made. I'll see y'all soon. Screw it. I'm leaving. I thought everything was over. The void we created furthered the confusion be sure to watch your language Apparently did prehistoric man think farts were funny <laughs> yes i wonder god i hate that word it's so coarse On that high note thank you all very much armstrong and getty